welcome to the CND podcast. I'm Naima Kalachand and I'm the clinical editor. Today I'll be speaking to Luso Kamwenda. Luso is a community pharmacist and today we're going to be talking about COVID-19 vaccine scepticism in BAME communities. Luso also discussed to what extent he thinks the greater COVID-19 vaccine scepticism among many ethnic groups is linked to a more widespread mistrust of the government. And he also discusses how pharmacy teams can step in and dispel any myths around COVID-19 vaccines in BAME communities. This is what he had to say. In my experience, it appears that vaccine hesitancy is not just for COVID-19 vaccine among the Black, Asian and minority ethnic people. It is across the board for all the vaccines, but significantly it's higher in BAME people. The figures that I've seen recently from the Government Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies, SAGE, suggest that COVID-19 hesitancy is around 72% for Blacks, 42% for Pakistani Bangladesh people, 32% for mixed, and 26% for non-UK Irish white ethnic groups. So if these figures that are predicted are going to happen in reality, we're going to be looking at an average uptake of COVID-19 vaccine of around 30%. So if you look at 30% uptake, this is definitely a problem. So there is cause for concern there. But if you look closely at other vaccination statistics among the BAME people, these findings do not come to me as a surprise. For example, influenza vaccination, as important as it is, Every year, it has got an average uptake of around 16 to 47%, depending on the ethnicity that you are looking at. So vaccine hesitancy is not just for this COVID-19 vaccine, it's across the board. And for people like young women, they are skeptical because they are concerned about long-term side effects, the impacts on fertility, and so forth. But what I've seen is that older people are more willing to receive this vaccine, I guess because they perceive themselves to be at high risk of COVID-19 infection. To what extent do you think the greater COVID-19 vaccine scepticism among many ethnic minority groups is linked to a more widespread sense of mistrust of the government and authorities in such communities? Well, the mistrust has been there for a long time, and it's still there, and it's been fueled by things like institutional racism and historical medical scandals. For example, if I take you to institutional racism, if you look at the COVID-19 pandemic when it started, the Bame communities felt that they were inadequately protected, resulting in them being put at a higher risk of COVID-19. At the same time, the Bame people were twice as likely to die from COVID-19. We saw many disproportionate deaths and serious illnesses among Bame healthcare professionals compared to their white counterparts. That was worrying and is still worrying at this moment. Now, if I look at the historical scandals, that doesn't paint a good picture. I think that's another source for mistrust. There were some historical medical blunders and scandals, which mean that authorities and the pharmaceutical industry now have to work really hard to reassure the 
farming communities that they have moved away from those scandals. I'll give you just two examples. There are many out there. There is the Tenjavaxia controversy. This happened in the Philippines. The pharmaceutical company that was involved in distributing that vaccine was slow to advise the government that the vaccine could put uninfected children at high risk of serious disease. By the time the program was stopped in 2017, so many children had received the vaccine for dengue fever. So memories in the Pacific are still fresh and people are more likely to be skeptic and more likely to mistrust the government and the drug manufacturers and regulators. If we go back in history, back say in the 1950s in the United States, there was an issue with the polio vaccine there. It was approved by the regulators to be administered to children. The company that was involved quality assured it that it was safe, but there was a batch which contained a live polio vaccine. This vaccine was supposed to contain inactivated polio, but there was a batch that contained live polio vaccine which was administered to the children with you know, serious illnesses and some fatalities. So these memories may still be there for people that follow history and from people from those backgrounds. So now there is another issue with the COVID-19 vaccine. People are looking at the pace at which this vaccine has been produced, you know, developed. It only took a few months to develop this vaccine. So a lot of Bame communities may think that there is some experimentation as part of clinical trials, but I disagree with some of these assertions because the faster development of the vaccines that we have right now was due to international collaboration. There was a lot of financial investment in the technology, and we have also moved in terms of technology. That's why we were able to produce these vaccines very quickly. So I should reassure the patients that we do not know about the long-term adverse effects, but there is information about the vaccine that you will find on the patient information leaflet. Social media also has played a very big part in terms of propelling some mistruths about the vaccines. For example, we have seen circulations on social media that the vaccines can cause chronic diseases such as autism or cancers. Some news, some fake news say that the vaccine is actually a tracking device for the authorities to track everyone. All these conspiracies, Naima, help to fuel skepticism among the Bami communities, and that would actually affect the uptake. And in some communities out there, there is complete denial that COVID-19 is a menace. I've seen a few reports from some countries. So in my opinion, I've not seen any evidence for all these uh, you know, fake news about the COVID-19 vaccine. And I guess that just shows you this is where community pharmacy can really step in and help to dispel those myths that are going around at the minute. Definitely. Is there any scepticism towards the childhood vaccines that are available? Yes, it is there. But in most Burma communities, I've seen that they are quite happy to vaccinate their children without any problems. But there is some scepticism among others because of some religious beliefs. So some religions, you know, promote, you know, natural immunity. So in childhood vaccines, it's not as high as it is with this COVID-19 vaccine. 
Just kind of moving on to our next question. Is this a topic um, that UK BPA members have broached with you that they've come across? And are you aware of any of your members directly encountering this in their pharmacies? That is the the COVID-19 scepticism among BAME groups. Yes, definitely. This is a topic that most of the UK BPA members have come across from the public, from their own family members and colleagues. I actually had a colleague expressing her concern for receiving the vaccine because she was planning a pregnancy in a few years' time. And she was uncertain if receiving the vaccine was safe for her future pregnancy. So interestingly, two to three weeks later, she decided to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. So that was very interesting for me. So I said, ooh, I should speak to her to find out what has really changed. So I asked her, what's changed? Why did you decide to have the vaccine now? So she said to me, it's the right thing to do. And she added, besides, I've had polio, tetanus, measles, mumps, you name it, and all these other vaccines in the past. So what's different in receiving the COVID-19 vaccine? So she said, yep, I'm happy to receive it. I will protect myself because I've received it. I will protect my family and the public. And it's a good thing to do to fight COVID-19 in the long term. I guess we can promote scenarios like this within the pharmacy to kind of let other patients know that it's safe and that other patients are kind of undergoing getting the vaccine to try and protect themselves and their families. Yeah, I actually received the vaccine myself. Oh, brilliant. And I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find it? Was, it? was it painful or did you have any side effects afterwards? Yes, I did have some side effects. Mm-hmm. On the injection site, there was no problem. After a day, I was fine. Two days later, I had the temperature and sweatiness in the night. Mm-hmm. But that was just it. It was just the discomfort of your body. But if you weigh the COVID-19 infection and the vaccine, to be honest, the side effects that I experience with the vaccine is nowhere near what you'd get if you get the infection. Talking from my experience, I have had family members who have suffered from the COVID-19 and they are left with long-term adverse effects. I have family members who have actually, unfortunately, who have left us, who have died because of COVID. So it's a serious matter that we need to put out to the community out there that this is not a joke. Yeah, it's great that you've been getting the vaccine and hopefully the rest of your pharmacy teams have as well. What do you think the best opportunities for the pharmacy team members are to speak to patients about the COVID-19 vaccines to help reassure them about them? Well, I think pharmacists and their teams are well placed to do this sort of thing because the pharmacists and their teams are highly trained healthcare professionals and they are trusted by patients and they are accessible all over the country. If you go everywhere in the, whether you're in Wales, England or Scotland, there is a pharmacy in every town. So pharmacists and their teams are already talking to patients about vaccination because they do give other vaccines. For example, every year we deliver thousands of flu vaccinations and travel vaccinations. So we actually are experts in the sort of conversations that the patients need. And pharmacists and their teams have a network of professional support from reputed organizations all over the country. The likes of the Royal Pharmaceutical Society, Health and Education Improvement in Wales, Centre for Pharmacy Postgraduate Education in England, 
NHS Education for Scotland in Scotland, and other organizations like the Pharmacist Defense Association and the UK Black Pharmacists Association. In many ways, including the provision of training materials that are specific to COVID-19 vaccination or signposting to local BME pharmacists if that will increase uptake. But there's also need to be more understanding of the science and development of these vaccines so that accurate information is given to the public. Yeah, and do you think it's easier for pharmacy team members who themselves are from an ethnic minority to discuss the topic with patients from the same group? And, you know, do you think they might find it easier to bring this topic up than their colleagues who are not from an ethnic background? Yes, definitely, Naima. I, I agree that, you know, most of our PAME professionals would actually do a brilliant job there. The reason is because most of the PAME professionals understand the reasons why their counterparts may be skeptical. So they are able to address those misconceptions and give factual information. The most important thing is being honest in those conversations, giving the patients all the relevant information that is available and leaving it to them to decide without pressurizing or coercion. It should be a lot easier for BAME professionals to talk about COVID vaccine to their BAME communities. But having said that, any pharmacist or their team are highly respected by patients, irrespective of their racial background. So in those areas that do not have BAME professionals, any pharmacist or team member can play the role. BAME professionals who have been vaccinated, I think, should proudly display play and notice that they've received the job. You know, something like a badge or a poster. That would actually encourage their colleagues to receive the vaccine and also the members of the public to receive the vaccine. Yeah, definitely would, would completely agree with that. And do you think, for example, the use of, of mosques or other places of worship as vaccination centres, do you think that would encourage BAME communities to get vaccinated? Oh, yes. I think so, provided those premises are properly accredited and approved by the regulatory authorities. I would actually propose a mobile clinic sort of scenario, similar to what pharmacists do right now when they go to vaccinate residents at nursing homes. A trusted professional such as a pharmacist and their teams could assist and they should properly be remunerated for those services Alternatively, these vaccinations can be done at the pharmacy with adequate remuneration of the pharmacist and their teams. I think use of mosques and cultural centers as vaccination centers will help to dispel these myths. Most BAME members are more likely to accept something that has been endorsed by a clergy or a religious leader. It's very important. We shouldn't just think about religious places. We can also think of... Uh, prominent sportsmen, sportswomen, musicians, actors, politicians from Bame communities, they should use the media to encourage uptake. They could put up TV adverts, put up messages on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and newspapers to support this campaign. Because if we don't do anything, this COVID is not going anywhere. So it's in our hands to fight this infection 
we should adhere to the messages that the government are putting out there and come in numbers to get vaccinated. And I guess the BAME communities might feel more comfortable getting a vaccine in a familiar environment, such as a cultural centre or a place of worship. So yeah, again, encouraging them to get the vaccine. There was just one more thing I wanted to ask you about, Lucille, and I'm not sure if you've seen, I've just been notified about it this morning, but I think there's going to be a broadcast this evening on TV. I'm not sure if you've seen to try and encourage BAME communities to get the vaccine. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I've read it in the papers, you know, but it's a good thing that they are doing that because the predicted uptake is quite low. It's worrying me because I have got family and friends who are from the BAME community and I wouldn't like to see them being ill. We've heard about the effects of long COVID. You know, if you don't get the vaccine, if you are ill, if you are lucky, you can survive. You can be left with long COVID, which are the symptoms that are there for a lot of people have reported to me that for months they still have the symptoms. Some people had infection like last year and they're still going with the long COVID symptoms up to now and they don't know when these symptoms are going to improve. So it's something that really worries me so definitely i think that's a good thing to do that was lusu kamwenda a community pharmacist discussing covid19 vaccine skepticism among bame communities in this podcast lusu also discussed the role of the pharmacy team in dispelling any myths around covid19 vaccinations if you enjoyed this podcast Please subscribe to CND Podcasts on your preferred app or on SoundCloud. Thank you for listening.